0: Now about virgins, I have no command from the Lord, but I give a judgment as one who by the Lord's mercy is trustworthy. Because of the present crisis, I think that it is good for a man to remain as he is. Are you pledged to a woman? Do not seek to be released. Are you free from such a commitment? Do not look for a wife. But if you do marry, you have not sinned, and if a virgin marries, she has not sinned. But those who marry will face many troubles in this life, and I want to spare you this. What I mean, brothers and sisters, is that the time is short. From now on, those who have wives should live as if they do not. Those who mourn as if they did not. Those who are happy as if they were not. Those who buy something as if it were not theirs to keep. Those who use the things of the world as if not engrossed in them. For this world in its present form is passing away. How she can please her husband. I'm saying this for your own good, not to restrict you, but that you may live in a right way in undivided devotion to the Lord. If anyone is worried that he might not be acting honorably toward the virgin he is engaged to, and if his passions are too strong and he feels he ought to marry, he should do as he wants. He is not sinning. They should get married. By the man who has settled the matter in his own mind, who is under no compulsion but has control over his own will, and who has made up his mind not to marry the virgin, this man also does the right thing. So then he who marries the virgin does right, but he who does not marry her does better. So Dan's going to help us understand that.
1: Hey guys, um, I'm really excited to get into this together. You're all sitting really far away, which is kind of a scary little idea. Um, But I remember a bunch of you from a few years ago where I got to preach to you more often. Um, I'm over at at Juniors, and so when everyone leaves, I'm one of those people that leave. Um, And so it's really nice to see you all uh, and be part of this little thing that goes on. I never really see and get to be part of. Um, I'm particularly excited uh, to open up this little chunk with you today, um, because I think more so than for the Juniors, uh, which I'm about to do the talk for them, so this will be... That will be a tricky one. More, more so than for the juniors, this passage really applies to where you guys are at and the unique little stage of life you all have. Um, I reckon uh, as far as all of life goes, you're at this unique stage where there's, um, there's a bunch of really big decisions uh, that you're all going to have to start making. Uh, those things can be things like you're going to have to start working out for some of you uh, what subjects you're going to study next year. Um, maybe for you, next year actually looks like maybe you'll go to uni, maybe you'll get a job, maybe you'll do something like that. Um, maybe for you, you're at the stage where you're like, do I keep doing school or do I just drop out completely? Um, maybe you think about next year and you're like, I, don't, I think I'm over this whole study thing, I'm just going to have a gap here. You've, you're, you're at this unique stage of life where you are going to make a bunch of really big decisions and... More and more, those decisions are going to have really big consequences, right? Like when you're in year seven, the decisions you make are like, do I go to the movies tonight, or do I stay at home with my parents? And there's some little decisions that come up with that. But now you guys are going to have some real big decisions that will have ramifications for the rest of your life. Um, And so what we want to do tonight is we want to be thinking together, how do we make good decisions? How do we make good decisions? And the way that we're going to do that is we're going to jump into this passage together um, and we're going to have a look at how Paul deals with um, a really particular issue that was coming up, a really big decision that uh, the Corinthians were wrestling with. That's my beard. Oh, how nice is it having a beard sometimes? Um, A really particular issue that they were were dealing with, Ben's just striking his face. (laughs) He knows what's up. Um... A really particular issue that they were dealing with, which was, do we get married or do we stay single? Now, I'm actually probably not going to speak to that issue at all tonight, but what I want to do is I want to look at that issue and I see the way that Paul deals with that, and I want to think about what is the wisdom that comes through how Paul deals with that, that we could apply to a bunch of big decisions that we're going to have to make. And I want to say that tonight, it is so important to get what we're going to be looking at. Um, I think... I would say that if you were to miss the things that we're going to look at tonight, you are bound to make only bad decisions for the rest of your life. That's a huge call, right? If you are to miss the things we're looking at tonight, you are bound to make only bad decisions for the rest of your life. And I actually want want to make even a bigger call. If you miss the things that we're looking at tonight, not only will you make bad decisions, but you'll waste your life. And so... I'm, I'm actually going to pray for all of us. And, and maybe you're sitting here and you're like, I'm not a Christian, I don't, I don't pray. I, but I'm going, to, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to ask. And you can think to yourself, is this something that I want to ask God? I'm going to ask God, um, I'm going to pray that we wouldn't be people that wasted our lives, that we didn't have meaningless lives. And if that's something that you want for your life, you don't want a wasted life, you don't want a meaningless life, then I want to encourage you to bow your head and pray with me. So let's do that together. Let's ask God for that. Dear God, uh, we are so thankful for your word and for the wisdom it gives. Um, Lord, we're we're aware that we're at a stage of life where there's a bunch of big decisions that we have to make. Uh, God, we're not even sure, some of us, whether you're there, but if you are there, Lord, please help us to see how we can make good decisions. Lord, beyond that, help us to see um, how we cannot waste this life. Amen. Okay, well, the first thing I want you to see from this passage um, is we have to make decisions. Now that, that might seem like a really obvious thing to you, um, but I think it's really important to say we have to make decisions. It's I don't just put I don't just do this, I don't just turn to the book of Daniel and go. What's the next chapter for my life look like? I actually have to think about what we're going to do next. And this is exactly uh, what Paul does in this verse. Have a look at verse 25. In that first little chunk of the passage we had read, it says to us, Now about virgins, I have no command from the Lord. Paul's going to deal with that question, right? The virgin, whether they should get married or not. And, And he starts off by saying, There is no command from God. There's no clear and simple answer. This is the right way and there's no other right ways. We're going to have to use our brain. And the, it is worth saying that there are some questions and, and decisions we have to make that it is spelled out for us, right? Um, should, I, should I sleep with my girlfriend or not? Simple. No. Bible says it. Should I steal that thing from that shop? No. The Bible simply says do not steal. Simple. Commands. But there's a whole list of other things. There's a whole list of things that the Bible doesn't tell you exactly what you should do. And for Paul, he's like, marriage, that fits in that, that category. But there's a whole host of other things. Actually, just have a look at verse 28, just, just to make it really clear that marriage doesn't fit in that. He says, verse 28, but if you do marry, you have not sinned. And if a virgin marries, she has not sinned. So Paul goes out and he says, it's better to stay signal, single. Sing, single, single. Um, but then he just goes straight away to the other thing and he goes, but if you do marry, so it's better to get, be single. But if you do marry, you haven't sinned. It's not a right, wrong kind of thing. Um, and there, there's so many other, other things that, that fit into that category. There's your job, whether you, what job you do, whether you travel, where you travel, who your friends are, whether you get married, as we just talked about. Now the second big thing to see, so we've got to make decisions, the second big th- thing to see is that there are real consequences for our decisions. Now have a look at verse 28 for this one again. So the next little bit on, he says, um, And if a virgin marries, she has not sinned. But those who marry will face many troubles in this life, and I want you to sp- I want to spare you of this. Paul talking about marriage makes it very clear that there are decisions that will have consequences for your life. Um, the same could be said for what job, you, what job you choose, what uni subject. You, there'll be consequences for those decisions. And so, as an aside, I, this isn't really even the Bible speaking. at This point, I just well, actually, no, Paul. Lots of wisdom in that. He is aware of what the consequences of the different decisions he has to make are. Um, he wasn't a married dude, right? This guy wasn't married. But he worked out what are the consequences if I do get married. Now there's a lot of wisdom in when you come to a situation where you're going to make a choice. Do you know what the consequences of the different choices are? Because that's worth thinking about. You're thinking at this stage in your life, what, what uni subjects should I study? How, you should talk to people who have studied those different subjects to work out what are the consequences of choosing those different uni subjects. As you pick subjects at school, what are the consequences? As you think about what job to do, what are the consequences? As you think about whether I should date now or whether I should date later, chat to someone to work out who has done it or hasn't done it, what are the consequences of doing it and what are the consequences of not doing it? It's really worth knowing the consequences of the decisions because our decisions have real consequences. And so, actually it's worth saying, all that I've just said, um, you could say, a Christian could say that or a non-Christian could say that, right? We all have to make decisions and there's real consequences. Um, the question that we want to deal with tonight is knowing that, how do we make the right decision? If the answer isn't given to us, if there's no direct command from God, how do I make the right decision? How can I be sure I'm making the right decision? Um, and there, there is this key principle that Paul brings up right in the center of this little letter. Um, and it's the thing that we're going to spend all of the rest of the time looking at. And if it shapes your life, if you get this and and you let it shape your life, you can be sure that your life will be a life that means something. If you get this, this principle and let it shape your life, you can be sure that your life will mean something. But if you don't, you can be sure it won't. And so the big principle that we're going to be dealing with tonight is in verse 29, and it is, know the time, that the time is short. Have a look at verse 29. Verse 29 says, What I mean, brothers and sisters, is that the time is short. Notice how at this point it doesn't say that life is short. Um, he, doesn't, he doesn't just go... Because um, if life is short, you could just go, YOLO, you only live once, just party on, do your own thing. Um, do what makes you happy, die young, all those kinds of things. He says, actually, time, the time is short. Not your time, but the time of this world is short. The time that this world is around is disappearing. The world is in its last breaths. And he makes that really clear in verse 30. Have a look at verse 30. At the end there he goes, oh no, verse 31, sorry. Those who use the things of the world as if not in grace to them, for this world in its present form is passing away. This world in its present form is passing away. The world as it is, the whole world, not just your life, the whole world as it is, is going to pass away soon. And it's going to be replaced by something new. In its present form, it's passing away. It's going to be replaced by something new. We looked at this a bunch of fat. Um, But I want you to see this again and hold on to this truth again that one day soon, the world we are currently in will end. This thing will end. It isn't going to go on forever. And we will stand before God and we'll have to give an account for our lives. Our decisions and our lives will matter because there will be something after. And we saw so clearly what, what happens after when we stand before God. Some will go with him to be with him forever in eternity, reunited, restored. And others will be thrown out of his presence to hell to suffer for eternity. Real, terrible, irreversibly. Those are the, the big, heavy truths that Paul wants us to get that change the way we look at right now and the decisions we make. It change, And it does that because it changes what, what matters. There's two things that I want to look at in terms of how it changes what matters. The first thing is that it, change, some, it means that some things matter less, heaps less. Sandwiched in between that time is short and the the present world in its present form is passing away, is these bunch of as-if passages, um, as-if statements. Have a look at them in verse 28. Verse 28, he goes, what I mean, brothers, is that time is short. From now on, those who have wives should live as if they do not. Those who mourn as if they did not. Those who are happy as if they were not. Those who buy something as if it were not theirs to keep. Those who use the things of this world as if they were not engrossed in them. For this world is in, it, in its present form is passing away. I think that last one uh, in that last verse is really helpful to, to think about. Have a look at verse 31 again. Those who use the things of this world as if they were not engrossed in them. Those who use the things of this world as if they were not engrossed in them. Now, engrossed is a funny word, but it basically just means to be caught up, stuck in, um, to to lose yourself in it. To be engrossed in the things in the world would, would be to not be able to give them up, to want to hold on to them, to be pouring all of your energy and passion into them. And Paul is saying, the world is passing away, and so don't get caught up with all of your attention and all of your energy in the things that won't last. It's like when you know that your car is on its last legs. I had this experience, I don't know if you know, I used to have a Subaru Outback, which is a beautiful car. Um, But last month I I experienced the the pain of seeing it being towed away for $150 after I paid three and a half for it. Anyway, um, when I knew, and I knew for a long time that this car was dying, um, it, for a while, when I would like go to accelerate, if the hill was too, far, like, too steep, it just wouldn't make it up the hill. And that's actually how it eventually died. I was driving home up my hill and then it just stopped and I was foot to the floor and it just wasn't moving because the clutch went. But I knew it was coming for, for ages. In fact, I knew probably for two years that my car was on its last legs. And so I'd, I didn't do anything for it. I didn't service it. I never washed it. I didn't clean it. I left all of my uh, Tupperware containers in it. I think mum lost about five Tupperware containers in my car because they got too stinky to to reuse. Because I knew that this car was passing away. It wasn't going to last. And so why would I bother spending my money, my time, my energy, fixing it up, making it clean, making it pretty, when it's just going to go to the tip? Well, What's true of that Subaru Outback is also true of this world. This world is passing away. It's heading to the tip. And so I tell you what a wasted life would be. A wasted life would be to spend your time pouring your your time, your energy, your efforts, your attention into something that's just going to pass away. Now Paul's particularly in this passage talking about marriage because here's a fun fact. We're not going to be married in heaven. And so he's like, Don't get so caught up in marriage when it's not going to last. But there are a thousand other things that we can get engrossed into. And there's so much worse, so many of them. Gaming, career, popularity, money, success. All these things just make no sense to get engrossed in them when you know that the world is passing away. Now, I want you to do this little exercise with me in terms of thinking about whether you're somebody who might be engrossed in these things. I think all you've got to do is, how would you feel if you had to give them up? How would you feel if you could never play that game again? If you had to delete Instagram for good? If that sport that you loved, you couldn't play? Because when you do those kinds of things, you can get... A sense of just how engrossed you are in that. How much that thing matters. And they don't matter. And if you keep living like they do matter, you're bound to make bad decisions. With your time, with your energy, you're bound to waste your life. Paul's saying that they're they're passing away, they won't last. And so don't get stuck on them. Don't get stuck pouring your energy into those things. The rest of the world does. That's all they've got. But you know they're temporary, that they don't last. And you belong to a world that will last forever. Some things matter far less. But the second thing to say is some things matter far more. See, here's a really important thing. The passing of this world doesn't just mean heading to heaven. The passing of this world also means hell, right? And that means that right now we're living in, in a world that's kind of like that time, just as the Titanic's hit the iceberg. And you know, we know, the Titanic's going down, it's sinking. But when the Titanic hit the iceberg, so many people didn't think that it would ever sink, that things would ever go bad, that they'd end up in that icy water. People thought it would just be okay that um, they could just keep going on, doing what they were doing, um, playing their music, doing their thing. There was so much space on those lifeboats that people could have got on, but they didn't. But imagine if you were on that boat, the Titanic, you hit that iceberg and you knew it was going down. Man, your, that time there would be so radically changed by the reality of what's happening, Right? You know that people are heading to death and you know the only way to be saved. We live in a world that we know is going down, right? It's passing away. And for many people, they're unaware that as it's, as it's passing away, as it's heading to hell, as it's passing away, they are heading to hell. So many people think that things will just be all right. So many of your friends think that things will just be all right. So many of your family think things will just be all right, but we know that they won't be. We know the reality, what is really going on, that things will not go well. And so, how could we not, how could we not pour our efforts into helping other people see what's going on and finding safety? Because what is at stake? is so much more than drowning in icy water. And it is an avoidable fate, right? It's God's desire to see all people saved. He wants that so bad that he sent Jesus, his one and only son, to die. So if anyone would trust in him, they would have life forever, that they would be saved. Which means, if we're aware of that reality, if we're aware that it's going down and we have the solution, we have the opportunity to make a real lasting difference for people. A life that pleases God. Have a look at, um, that's kind of what's going on in verse 32 to 35. And so we're just going to look at verse 32. um, Because Paul's pointing out this truth and he's going, I want you to live a life devoted to this. Have a look at verse 32. I want you to be free from concern. An unmarried man is concerned about the Lord's affairs, how he can please the Lord. But a married man is concerned about the affairs of this world, how he can please his wife. Paul wants the Corinthians to have a life that is concerned about what God is concerned about. Because what God is concerned about are things that are real and eternal and will last forever and matter. Can you see how that principle that the time is short will have to change things, has to change the decisions? If there was, here's a little thought experiment, if, there was, um, if this is all there was, if, um, if this world was it, then it would make sense to choose the option that was the easiest, the one that got you the most money, the one that makes you the happiest. And so if you're choosing through uni courses, um, your options might look like something like this. You might go, I'll choose law because other people would respect me if I choose law. Or um, I'd become a doctor because if I become a doctor, that means I'll make heaps of money. Or maybe for me, I'll choose being nothing because if I choose being nothing, that means I can have heaps of fun with all my time and I don't have to worry about anything. I can play video games all the time. But do you see how meaningless that would make life, right? At the end of your life, think about this. At the end of your life, this is what could be said of your life. They had lots of money. They had lots of fun. They played games. Now that is a life of no account. That is a life that means nothing. That is a wasted life. And if there is... If there is a God and if there is a world to come, not only is it a meaningless, wasted life, it is a tragic life. It is a terribly tragic life. It is a life that has been lived chasing after triviality, after things that won't last, after money, after fun, and it's a life ignoring the true creator of the world. That you know and remember that the time is short, saves us from that triviality. That the world in its present form is passing away can mean that your decisions and your life can mean something and be of eternal account that can be saved from the triviality of just thinking that this world is it. I want to show you that actually... All of your decisions would be flipped upside down if you truly got this idea for the big decisions that you make, right? So here's a big decision that you guys are going to have to make. You're going to have to start thinking, some of you, very soon about what course, uh, what job you're going to get, what job you're going to get. Now, you could choose the option that would give you the most money, that would be the easiest, that most people would respect, that might bring you the most fulfillment. But this can't be what you care most about when you know that these things are just passing away. When you know at the end all of that will be of no account whether you were fulfilled or had lots of money. If you get this truth that the time is short and there is an eternity coming, you can choose the option which will help you love God, love others, serve Him, see people brought to Him. You can make a decision that would actually have eternal importance. That would be really deeply, eternally meaningful. But the reality is that there's also big decisions, completely changed, but also really small decisions can be changed. When you're deciding for tomorrow what friends you're going to hang out with, you, get, you could do this. You could choose the option of what is the easiest thing I can do? Who is the friend that I'll have the most fun with? Uh, who, who is it that I like most? I'll just hang out with them. And in a sense, there is nothing wrong with that. You could totally make that decision. And it's nice to hang out with people that are easy fun. But there's a reality that time is short. That means your decisions could mean so much more than just on his Saturday he had a fun time. You could hang out with someone who doesn't know Jesus and spend some time sharing the gospel with them. And that decision could be a decision that could lead to, to an opportunity to make a mark on eternity. That could happen for you tomorrow. Next Friday, if there was... Imagine this, if there was a party on next Friday. I don't know if there's a party on. I wasn't invited if there is. You could make the decision easily like this. You could just go, I'm just going to do the maths. How many friends are going there? How many friends are going there? Um, I'll go where most of my friends are going... Great, that's going to be a fun night. Then you can look back and you go, great, I killed it. On Friday night, I hanged out with 10 of my friends instead of two of my friends. What a night. Or you could get the reality that the time is short, that heaven's coming, that hell's coming, and you could decide to come to youth. Not because it's the most fun thing to do, but because you get the chance to help your Christian friends continue heading to heaven. And that would be a decision that would mean so much more, be so much more valuable than I had a fun night that night. No, that night he helped his friends make it to heaven. Do you feel that? Do you feel how good that is that you can make decisions like that? That your decisions can mean more than just I had a fun, easy life. Your decisions can be decisions that are done in light of eternity that actually have implications for eternity. That means friends that don't know the gospel can hear the gospel and be saved. That your Christian friends can be encouraged and spurred on to live for God more. You can decide simple, small decisions. You can decide to drop a job to come to youth. That is a powerful decision. You could decide to start a sport to meet non-Christians. That is a powerful decision. You could decide to sit with the one that everyone ignores. That is a powerful decision. Because you, if you get this reality, can make decisions that have real meaning. You have the opportunity, the freedom, to have an incredibly lasting consequence on this world. And every one of you in this room are heading to the stage of life when you can make more and more of those decisions, and these decisions aren 't going to be black and white, but if you have that principle that the time is short, that heaven 's coming, that hell 's coming, that judgment's coming, your decisions can have eternal value, and your life can have profound value but I want to finish I want to finish by talking particularly of one big decision that is so much bigger than all the other decisions, because lots of the decisions we're talking about tonight are big—job, big decision, uni, big decision—but there is one decision that is so much bigger than all of those, and it is this: whether you're going to live a life following God or not. Whether you're going to put your trust in Jesus. And if there's one decision in this life that seems crazy, that your friends will laugh at, that makes no sense, it's that one, right? Because When you make that decision, you're making the decision to suffer, to lose friends, to not do what you want, to not pick the easy life, to not just have as much fun as you can now. But the time is short. And there is no decision that is more in line with the reality that the time is short than that one, that I would follow Jesus that I'll decide to stop chasing after those trivial things that I know are passing away and decide to chase after the one that will last forever. He sent his one and only son to die in your place so that you might be saved. And so if you haven't made that decision tonight, or if you're someone here who is thinking um, of going back on that decision that you've made previously, hear this, the time is short. The world in its present form is passing away. The things of this world that seem so attractive, they won't last. They don't last. Time is coming to an end. And the only thing that's going to last is God and His love. And so come back to Him. I'm going to pray for all of us. Why don't you bow your heads and pray? Dear God, uh, we are stoked by the reality that we get to make decisions. Uh, and they're real decisions with real consequences. Lord, we ask that you'd give us so much wisdom, uh, you'd give us so much insight into reality that the time is short, that we need um, to make decisions in light of that. Lord, we ask that our lives would not be wasted, but they would be spent making decisions that last into eternity for your glory. Uh, Lord, we particularly pray for that big decision to follow you that Uh, we would hold on to that one uh, and that many people around us would make that decision through our efforts. Uh, And Lord, we ask um, that our lives would be always lived remembering that the time is short and that this present world as it is, is passing away. Amen.